Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, are you wearing seasonal socks? Uh, I am wearing Street Fighter socks. Oh, uh, okay. Which I... is which is the the holiday I celebrate. <laughs> well, Street Fighter the festival is... of Blanca. <laughs> Street Fighter is the reason for the season. Sure, of course. A lot of people say it's about the presents. Uh-huh. Or, you know, the food. I say it's about celebrating the birth of Blanca. Yeah, and memorizing special moves. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so those are the two. Yeah. God. You ever, you ever, and perfecting your dash cancels. You ever go ahead. wish you could. It's not go, just about the special moves, Jesse. I mean, that's pretty basic at this point. If you really want to up your game, you got to work on your dash cancels. Go ahead. Jordan, do you ever wish that you could go back to Victorian times and have a white Blanca day? That is where the, where it's snowing, not where Blanca's racist altered. Oh, he's like okay. green or something, isn't he? He's green. Yes, he is. That if I'm if I'm to if I'm if I'm remembering Blanca's backstory, um, and I like to think that I remember Blanca's backstory pretty easily, he, uh, pretty pretty well. He's an American boy mm-hmm. whose plane went down over the over the Amazon. Mm-hmm. He was bit by electric eels. Then raised by wolves, uh-huh. and now is a green man who fights in a fighting competition. I mean, it's a classic story. Yeah, so it's where the were hero's you... journey. Sure, but you're mad that he's not. When white. does he save the cat? Huh? When does he save the cat? That's my only he question. Fight, he fights the cat. <laughs> oh, God. That's the old screenwriting trick: fight the cat, <laughs> electrocute the cat using your uh, force, electrical force powers. Should we introduce our friend who's come to visit with us? I would love to. Uh, he is a. Comedian, a uh, one-man shower, a television host, a podcaster, and now the author of a second book. I'm not miscounting your books, Technically, right? it's three, actually. Three, a third book yeah. called Lose Well. Indeed. A combination of uh, self-help and memoir. Yeah. Is how I pronounce that word. Uh-huh. Chris, Nailed it. Chris Gathard. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I used to use e-Honda myself. Oh. I was that guy. Sure. The guy who just immediately made him do his hand thing and then slowly trudged across the screen. Yeah. I was that kid. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a strategy. It was like if someone knew how to play, they would beat me. But if they didn't, they didn't, I would just stomp them. Yeah. I was that, ex- I was like the gatekeeper of my neighborhood Street Fighter too. Mm, nice. So if you, if you beat Gethard, you were kind of on your way to another tier. Exactly. But you kind of weeded out the yeah. Johnny fight lately. If you, yeah, if you were a tomato can, I would, re- <laughs> I would expose you to the world. Sure. Are some of the guys better than other guys? I mean, it's been 20 years, right? 25 yeah. years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There there were guys who ultimately proved unusable in a real sense, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think something that is happening in uh, the world of competitive fighting games, and I know that's why people tune into this show, yeah. is to mm-hmm. hear about what's going on in the world of competitive fighting games. They're going to like this better than when I talk about rap music. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who knows what people like anymore? Uh, um, is that, you know, I think I think some of those characters in the original game were seen as, you know, as bad or cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking Dalsim. Dalsim. We're talking Zangief. Zangief. And Which then, one of those guys is Stretch Man? That's Dalsim. That's Dalsim. Dalsim. That was, seemed, I like that guy because he's so stretchy. Well, that's the thing. He seemed so cool. And then you'd play with him and be like, he moves so slow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so stretchy. Yeah. It's all about balance, uh, but I think in you know in future installments they're still making these games and they're rebalancing them and they're coming out with new additions just to kind of like make sure the characters are not overpowered. Mm-hmm. So when the game is updated or a new edition comes out or it's rebalanced, 
you know, they'll try and close the gaps and make everybody kind of on the same on the same plane. So a you know a, a previously you know weaker character like E Honda, they will try and rebalance so he's got some advantages. But if I went back and played Street Fighter Two Tournament Edition, sure, in a local pizzeria, sure, Championship Edition, maybe you mean, yeah, yeah. Then I would, and if I was a stretchy guy, which of course I would be, yeah, I would just lose. Also, I'm bad at Street Fighter. <laughs> well, I think that's probably yeah. I mean, I think if you you know if you if if you if you know your shit, you can play Dalsum. I think Dalsum's a very high level character currently. Really? Yeah, sure. Because oh, he's so stretchy. Well, they've balanced him. But oh. yes, the stretchiness. So he stretches in both yeah. directions. He closed. He closed the gaps. You can close those gaps. With the stretching. Close those gaps. How are you doing, Chris Gathard? It's nice to see you here in Los Angeles. Thanks so much. You closing those gaps, buddy? Always closing gaps. You gotta close the gaps. Closing gaps, moving product. That's yeah. kind of been my catchphrase <laughs> for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing okay. I, I always, I, I'll be very, I feel like we've known each other long enough that I can be honest and say I'm a little homesick today. Yeah. I've been on the road for a while, miss my wife. Are you book touring? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, what, I, what I've been doing is they have me in the bookstores, but I think the thing I can offer a little more is I do shows and then we sell the books in the lobby afterwards. And it's really fun. It's really it, – it's actually really – those are kind of the highlights of my days. I get to come out and meet people and, and thank them for supporting me and stuff. But there's also a lot of uh, – you know, emotional vampires. Some of that, some of that for sure, but also like a lot of uh, taken meetings while I'm in Los Angeles, sure. and that's never oh, yeah. been totally my favorite. Thing. <laughs> hey guys, taken. What meetings. do you think your wives are doing right now? Uh, my wife what has a cold. My wife has a cold. I just want to be there to take care of her. And yeah, here taking meetings. My wife is taking meetings, but we have an open marriage. Oh. Very nice. Very nice. So we she'll don't have an open marriage. Do not hit on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll go to a meeting and then have a sexual encounter? I thought that's what that meant. No, yeah. It's usually to talk about a project or yeah. you know, something like that. Oh, so I think it's like vaguely make you drive to the outer reaches of a t- of, of Glendale and then say, it's so nice to meet you. And then 15 minutes later, you get back in a lift and you go to the outer reaches of Burbank to meet someone <laughs> who says, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah. And then you you miss your wife real bad. One of the things that hey, you're I... you're getting some Fiji waters out of the deal. Oh, so, so many Fiji that's waters. That's nice. Little mini, that's bottles, nice yeah. little mini bottles of Fiji water. <clears throat> One of the things that I did not anticipate about Los Angeles and show business before mm-hmm. I moved here was that when you have a show business meeting, of which I've had upwards of eight, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when you have a show business meeting, you could be going to have a meeting with Judd Apatow. You could be going to have a meeting with uh, Martin Scorsese. It will still be on a like semi-abandoned street halfway down the block from a big boy in a like building that used to be a church's chicken mm-hmm. in Glendale. Right. Like there are things that happen on the studio lots and the studio lots, the big studio lots, they do have – like, oh, you're like, oh, this is the New York Street from every sitcom. Yeah. Um, but besides – and the Sony lot has that rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that yeah, rainbow sure. The, from uh, the Wizard of Oz. And the yeah. fo- is it the Fox lot that has the big Star Wars mural? Yeah, it's got a big Star Wars mural. Yeah. So there's a few things on the studio lots. And anytime I'm on a studio lot, I do feel like I'm in the grand finale of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is a lot of fun. Right, right. But whenever you're not on a studio lot – no meeting venues are anything other than genuinely sad. Yeah. I had a Lyft driver drop me off at one 
yesterday and it was this weird block and she was like are you picking up a car or something because it was just used <laughs> cars it was like one building on the block and then everything else was a giant I'm used like, car lot no i'm pitching an abc sitcom yeah, like, and I'm, doing some hand-to-hand drug deals yes i'm like i'm trying to change my future and support my family actually that's what I'm uh, doing. So you you mentioned you Jesse said you had two books and you said technically three yeah, books. Is yeah. there is there like a booklet or something that maybe doesn't well I wouldn't present as a book immediately? It, it, it's because it was an extension of a pre existing idea. So from two thousand to two thousand four, I worked at a magazine called Weird New Jersey, which is the greatest magazine in the world. It's about local legends and haunted places in the great state of New Jersey. And it sounds like an unlikely idea, but it became a really big part of of the culture in Jersey. It's kind of a beloved thing. And they expanded and had a Weird New Jersey book, and it did really well. So then they had Weird U.S., which I co-wrote, and then they started doing all the other states. And I wrote Weird New York. So. That was all the way back in 2005, but that was like from a different life. So Hmm. Lose Well is my second book kind of from the comedy perspective. But I also wrote a book about ghosts in New York, the whole state, not just the city. I am curious about New York ghosts, but also Uh I I was thinking to myself when you were talking about there being a magazine devoted to weird New Jersey that I – I, I, what, 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 what are some of the New Jersey local local spooks? Like the things that we covered were the Devil's Tree, which was a big, giant, scary tree in the middle of a field where the rumor is that if you touch it, you die on the way home. You got wow. the Devil's Tower. Where Did you, you touch it, Chris? Yeah, I Did touched you touch the it? Devil's Tree, and Hell I'm still yeah. kicking. Hell you yeah. don't give a fuck. Uh, somebody's got to test it for the magazine. Um, <laughs> Brian, can you insert the sound of a um, <laughs> of a hospital machine flatlining? <laughs> so it seems like Chris died and while he was the, bragging about it. You got the Devil's Tower, where if you drive around it six times backwards, the devil appears. You got Annie's Road, where a girl got hit by a car, and now no, man, no matter how many times they repave the road, the blood stain reappears. Whoa. You got Midgetville, where all the houses are tiny, and the rumors it's all little people who kind of want to live on their own terms in, in a neighborhood full of tiny houses. That one's not true and a little insensitive by modern standards. Sure. Um, yeah, there's a ton of them. I've been inside at least a half dozen abandoned mental hospitals, and I was once held at gunpoint in the basement of an abandoned home for troubled teens. <laughs> Is the a good uh, job? I guess it's a really I've, great job. I have heard of the Jersey Devil, but I don't uh-huh. quite know what it is. It's a big one. That's uh, so in the Pine Barrens, which is a very people don't realize. People think of Jersey as this very congested state, and that's that's kind of North Jersey where I'm from, and even that's a little overblown. And it's the, the Garden State. Mm-hmm. It is, and the Pine Barrens is this very very big vast ecosystem, and uh, there's a lot of uh, little abandoned towns in there. One of them is called Leeds Point, and the story is that there used to be a Leeds family that lived there. And this woman, Mother Leeds, had 12 kids, and her husband was not a great guy, and it was not a good situation for her. And she got pregnant with her 13th child and in a moment of frustration said, let this one be a devil. And when the baby was born, it appeared to be a normal baby. And then moments later, it sprouted wings and grew and uh, to an enormous size and it grew hooves and was covered in fur. And Sounds like a devil to me. Yeah, killed a bunch of people and escaped into the woods. And ever since then, people have been seeing sightings of this monster particularly in the hockey arena yes in new jersey yeah. devil's play <laughs> it is true the brendan Byrne arena has had sightings <laughs> oh yeah i guess dozens a, of times a year i guess a lot of the things you mentioned did have devil in the name there's yeah. a devil tree there's devil's the tower devil's roundabout what was the one where you drive backwards a lot that was the devil's tower the devil's tower that was yeah the devil, devil's roundabout is just kind of a quaint neighborhood in bergen county sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, isn't there something in New Jersey that, like, I've been to New Jersey. Yeah. I once got, st- what was that, Superstorm Sandy? Oh, yeah. Did that sound right? So yeah. I got stuck in New Jersey during Superstorm S- Sandy. Stuck? No. You had the privilege. Yes, you had stuck. The privilege. There was no electricity. You had and the I had a baby. Oh, yeah, that sounds really bad. <laughs> and I couldn't get gas. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. But uh, we were visiting some friends who live in New Jersey, and... Um, at the time, and we got to stay with them, and we had a lovely time. It's a beautiful place. Great I mean, place. I, would I have preferred to have had electricity and not been involuntarily missing important work? Yes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but we had a wonderful time in New Jersey, and we our primary activities were things like apple picking. There you go. That's not very weird. No. But you look right under I the surface. I challenge the premise of your book, I'm sir. telling you, though, you look under the surface of New Jersey and it gets real strange real fast. Were those gala apples or devil apples? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Like, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Orange County. Oh, in Orange so County. So I, uh, you know, about an hour south of here. Mm-hmm. So I only knew New Jersey as like a David Letterman punchline. Exactly. Like, so yeah, I, so I kind of like my. I pieced together what I knew about New Jersey from David Letterman. You yeah, knew it as the Galuli of states. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just something David Letterman said, and the audience laughed. So then I laughed. Yeah, yeah. We got we get that a lot. Yeah, we get that a lot. Where I'm from. But I know I would like to. I would like to someday be grounded via you know a superstorm or a tropical depression mm-hmm. or something right. like that, and to be able to experience it. Well, more you know, and, for what it is. There's going to be more and more of them in coming years. So oh, yes. I'm sure it'll happen any day. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see it prove that it's man-made. Oh boy, <laughs> the oh, storms. Okay. I don't. Here we but, go. Here you know, we go. I think okay. it's fair to say that. In your in the part of New Jersey in which you grew up, yes. What is a long sandwich called? A uh, sub. A sub. And then in South Jersey they're called hoagies, and in some parts of South Jersey they call them grinders. Wow, it's that it's that segmented, huh? Yeah, North and South Jersey is a big divide. It's one of these things where it's sort of like they don't necessarily love each other, but if you're out of the state. Your best friends. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, like no one else is allowed to talk bad about my little brother, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I think people in South Jersey re- regard those of us from North Jersey as sort of like money-driven, industrial, wasteland-dwelling <laughs> monsters. And we tend to view them as – there's a phrase in reference to the Pine Barrens of people who are called Pineys, people who live within the Pine Barrens who are regarded as like almost like a deliverance style. And that – Neither of these stereotypes is true and that, in any like, way. Turn of the century slur still yes, hangs yes. around to this there's day. There's a real thing, and then and then there's it's like calling someone a carpet bagger. Yes, or, yes, or, and then there's Central Jersey, which is not real. Right, there is no Central <laughs> Jersey, but there's yeah. people who claim they're from Central mm. Jersey. North Jerseyans would say that they invented the idea of Central Jersey because they don't want to admit they're from South Jersey. South Jerseyans would say they invented it so they don't have to say they're from North Jersey. Right. They're right. kind of caught in this weird middle. And I hear that if you if you find someone who says they're from Central Jersey, they're very easy to beat with E-Honda. Yes, extraordinarily. <laughs> you can beat them in, in a fight in most ways. Sure. Real life or video game, yeah. I mean, when I was in New Jersey, we were in hoagie country. Yeah, down near Philadelphia then. And I... Mentioned once on Judge John Hodgman, what a nice – first of all, I think I am one of the non-New Jerseyite world's most ardent New Jersey supporters. And I've spent few. significant amounts of time there on two occasions and had a wonderful time both times. I noted 
how beautiful it is there. Thank you so much. Uh, and I really had a great time. But I said something about hoagies with regard to New Jersey on Judge John Hodgman and the flood of corrections. Yeah. Buffeted me like some sort of superstorm. Well, if you really, since we're talking Jersey, and Jersey people might be locking into this, if you really want to get a bunch mm-hmm. of angry tweets, you'll get into the Taylor Ham versus pork roll argument. Oh boy, <laughs> can you is. summarize this? So this there, sounds fraught to there me. There is this. Here's here's the thing that that is is very Jersey. There is a breakfast meat that only exists in New Jersey, right? And it's called Taylor Ham. And anybody listening, I want to go on record right now. You know it's called Taylor Ham. It's called Taylor Ham. People from the southern half of the state. Chris, I don't understand this, but I love. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a there's there's a product that some people call pork roll, but mm-hmm. the company that really has produced the most of it is the Taylor Pork Roll Company. So in North Jersey, we call it Taylor Ham. If you go to any diner in New Jersey, you can order a Taylor Ham egg and cheese sandwich. If you go. Anywhere else in the world. The only places where it's really sold are, are Jersey and Florida because there's so many Jersey transplants that they sell it there as well. But yeah, in, in a South Jersey diner, you would order a pork roll egg and cheese. And it would be the same exact thing as a Taylor Ham egg and cheese in North Jersey. But I am not kidding when I say I've witnessed people get into actual shouting matches over whether <laughs> it's called pork roll or Taylor Ham. So what is the – can you describe this ham? It is uh, a very – nitrate filled right nitrates are the things yeah. in certain types of hot dogs like that salty nitrate filled uh, uh ham product you, you slice it a little thicker than you would think i once i once found a deli in new york that uh sold it and i was thrilled and they cut it real thin like a regular ham and served it cold like you would like a deli ham and that's not good it's you cut it about yay thick like what's that maybe a third of an inch and you fry it and you slice like the well, like the thickness of like a Canadian bacon. It's almost it's almost can. like mm-hmm. a sort of like saltier, greasier, better Canadian bacon. And but, I'm not trying to start fights with the Canadian bacon fans out there. It's just how I grew up. But seriously, fuck you, Canadian bacon fans. I don't know. About that's that. your words, not mine. No, they're not. Yeah, you, that's what you just said. Anyone listening can hit that 15 second back button right now and see that that's not true. Not anymore. I've wasted too much time. Brian, insert the uh, insert the flatlining noise <laughs> so it seems like Chris killed Jesse. <laughs> and also, we're all hooked up to those machines, yeah. by the way. So, yeah. is it a composite product like Scrapple? Like, is it made from bits and pieces and cornmeal or whatever? Not visibly. But to be fair, I couldn't tell you what it is made from, so it falls uh-huh. into that category. I, I think uh-huh. it's, I think it's probably close to like a a mystery meat, like a scrapple or a spam, or where you're like, what is that? I saw a spam commercial the really? other day that really sold that spam to me. It was so the lady in the commercial had cubed the spam, Ooh. and there was a, and you know she's she's stir frying the spam, she's throwing peas in with the spam, and there's a shot of the. You know those food shots where the food is kind of launched by an unseen force in so you have the yeah and the like the leaves of lettuce spread in the air and right. little water droplets come off yes, of them it's, yeah. yes it's damp food flying around and <laughs> yeah. so there's the shot of the cube spam flying at a at a kind of a spout or a spoosh of sauce. I don't know what the sauce is. So this ham... But you, but you know the volume of sauce is one it's spoosh. It's around a spoosh. Yeah. Approximately a spoosh. Right. So this the spam is... Cube spam is hitting the sauce in midair, and it's beautiful. It's, the, it's like the most beautiful ballet you've ever seen. And I 
I've been thinking about this cubed spam hitting this sauce in the air and thinking, could I do that? Could I? So it worked. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I've not bought any spam yet, but uh, I've been thinking about it. I've uh, been... Kudos to them because I would think uh, initially when you told that story, I was like, why is spam buying commercials? Because I think. And also, does this count as a story? Well, <laughs> and but describing a commercial he liked. Don't you think most people have already decided on spam? Yeah, I mean, people again, have locked spam, in opinions. Like New Jersey, I grew up only knew, knowing as a punchline, as a you know, yeah. as the thing the Monty Python song was about, as the you know, is the just kind of stand-in for like gross food. I think we're in a spam revival. Mm-hmm. Wow! Because spam is most popular in places where the U.S. military occupied. In the, you know, the years between 1930 and 1960. Oh, is that you know? why it's so huge in Hawaii? It's so it's huge in Hawaii. It's huge in Korea. It's huge in uh, the Philippines. And those cuisines are on the rise in the United States, I think. And also you, you're like you're David Chang's. You're guys that are like, you should. I'm a fancy chef, but I love to eat uncooked ramen. Mm-hmm. How, 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 how. Um, I was a pretty good impression of him eating. Great David cook. Chang. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, that, was that part of your SNL audition this year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they said it wasn't timely enough. Mm. Maybe maybe if you brought us that seven years ago. Sure, yeah. Uh, now that he's opening restaurants in L.A., who cares? Let's Lorne for you. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he hasn't been to the Momofuku noodle bar in like four or five years. Mm. To be fair, he lets you keep auditioning year after year. <laughs> yeah, with that <laughs> same impression. How many years in a row? Well, the thing now? is, is Paul Simon loves the Momofuku noodle mm, bar. Sure. So he's always on Lauren. <laughs> Let Jesse come in one more time. He's got that great David Chang. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that Spam is, uh, I think that Spam is having a little revival in that context. Because Spam actually does taste kind of good. What's the sauce, do you think, that was thrown at the Spam? I think because that's, that's the thing that's going to fuck up my Spam situation is if I don't have the sauce from the commercial. They don't say what the sauce is. My first thought is Bernays. Might be a Bernays. <laughs> sure. Might be a Bernays, right? Yeah. I would, I would guess Hollandaise. It might be a Hollandaise. Country gravy? It's kind of a, it's kind of a brownie red sauce. Oh, brownie, oh, red, brownie, brownie red, red sauce. I should have said the color of Ooh, the sauce. Now you think I, it's... When you put it like that, I see why it was so appealing to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great color. It's a great color for a sauce. A brownie red sauce. Yeah. You think it might be fruity HP sauce? Maybe. That's possible. Maybe. Oh, maybe it's the stuff that sometimes sits atop a meatloaf. Guys, I don't know. I don't know. That's a nice, like, a, it's, it's like a ketchup yeah. and, uh, and uh, a vinegar, like a cider vinegar. Yeah. Uh, and some brown sugar reduced. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice sauce. I bet that's Oh, that's good. I love a meatloaf. I, I gave up uh, everything but fish two years ago, and I do miss meatloaf. Yeah. That's one of the things I miss. Do you like fish? I do like fish. I mean, that's a key part of this. Like, I find sometimes that I think it is somewhere between irresponsible and immoral of me to eat beef, and certainly to eat as much beef as I eat. Mm-hmm. But I don't really like any of the other foods. That, isn't, that is a barrier of entry. Except I, I, I really like ice cream. 
Mm-hmm. But you can't beef just ice eat ice cream. cream. Sure, yeah. That's yeah. your two pillars of your diet, beef yeah. and ice cream. Well, I like – there's a few seasonal fruits I'm really into, satsumas. Okay. I like a lot. Just beef and ice cream. And, I know. Is that why you jazz that, apples. Is that why you spend 22 hours a day on the toilet? <laughs> 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 Nothing but beef and ice cream every day? Jazz apple's a good apple. Yeah. I had a tango apple. apple the other day that I quite liked. I am not familiar with the tango apple. It's similar to a jazz apple, but, you know, a little more fun. Oh, more, like, like an international lively. flavor? Yeah, yeah. Less improvisation, too. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, part of me is like, I also like some seafood products, but just like the thing that I think sustains the pescatarian, uh, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong about this. No, true. I don't uh, like using the course, phrase because it sounds intensely pretentious. It does a little bit. Uh, the person who only eats fish as far as meats go. I think that, you know, simply like the thing that people order a lot is just that piece of fish. Just the, it's, I mean, sometimes it's on a plank, it comes with two sides. Uh, I feel like if I can get to a place where I just like that piece of fish that a restaurant serves, I'm going to be a better human. So, but I don't. That doesn't look good to me when it comes out for someone. Doesn't look good to me. Doesn't smell good to me. I. But yeah, part of me is like, just fucking muscle through this. Just go. Just for a month, go to a restaurant once a week, order that piece of fish with two sides, and just eat it. And then your your life will be better. It'll solve all your problems. You know what I think? I dad will return. I have. <laughs> wait, think... what, wait, what was that? Oh, I just I, that I'm didn't just seem like it related. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean, of... I just think if I can get to a place where I like, you know, grilled fish or I understood that. Yeah, part. I think just Daddy will come back. Wait, anyway, that's the sorry. part that. So Jesse, what were you wait, saying? Huh? I yeah, was just, just like Daddy say, will come. And he'll love me. Just like me regular stuff, health will improve. We'll have a catch. Maybe a sh- it's brain shinier food. hair. Uh-huh. It's yeah. brain food, so it's good for the neural connection. Yeah, in your brain, and you know, like a lot of times you have a little like a hole inside yourself that you feel like you need to fill because you. Your father was absent. Sure, yeah. Or you just need energy. Like you feel like you, you right, feel more energetic, exactly. like lighter because you're not eating such hair. heavy it seems food. Seems like in between hair and energy, it got a little. Yeah. <laughs> Turn into a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, does your daddy love you? <laughs> That's what's your. Oh, here's a funny thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. No, no, no. He does. I know he does, but he's never said that to me, and I've never said it to him. <laughs> wow. And we have talked about how we've never We're said it to into each it. other. And in in the in my new book, the dedication, I say I, I say to my father, Thanks for teaching me the value of hard work. Thanks for teaching me how to enjoy the life you earn through your hard work. I know that we've never said it to each other, but I want you to know that I love you. And I gave him a galley copy when they first came out and I watched him sit and read that right in front of me and then he turned to me and went, Thank you for the nice dedication. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response. That's like a classic, classic – yeah. that's the classic situation when you're dating in high school and the, the two members of the romantic couple are right. in different places in right. the relationship. I love you. Thanks. Asyn- for that. Asynchronous dating situation. And Chris, oh. I'm having a great time with you. <laughs> that to my, I've known him for 38 years. You, you seem cool. squeeze out one I love you. But I kind of assume <laughs> was that – he he, Was he in a Archie Bunker lounge chair? He, I mean, he has spent a lot of time in one. Yes, yeah. you you really have accurately started to get that. Although he's not nearly uh, as bad a person as Archie Bunk. My dad's a sweet guy, I want to be clear, but he did I love bet. a good armchair. Yeah. No, I mean, he worked hard and he knows how to enjoy the fruits of a life that he earned for himself working hard. Mm-hmm. That chair specifically. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've always kind of assumed that someday he'll be on his deathbed and 30 seconds before he dies, I'll just go... You know I loved you the whole time, right? And he'll be like, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And then he'll die. 
<laughs> Not to get That'll too morbid, it. but yeah. Do you have? Do you? I mean, I imagine having a a, a book kind yeah. of helps because. Everybody understand. loves an author. I, also, books. I didn't mean to force it back to the book. No. Your question was t- tied in so smoothly that I felt no, it was like nice. It was uh, it was seamless and it was a good story. Thanks. So thank you. Um, I'm happy to talk about fish and Street Fighter. Yeah. The whole time, if you want. <laughs> sure. Well, that's that's my podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you'll come on that one later. I would love to. Uh, do you? Uh, do your parents kind of understand what you do? Do you feel like at this point? I believe so. Okay. There was a stretch where that was not the case. I think my mother sort of quietly was rooting me on earlier. My dad was very concerned. There was only one stretch, though. They didn't put pressure on me. There was one stretch. when I, You know, because I started at UCB when I was in college. I went to Rutgers in Jersey. I'd take the train up like four days a week and trying, was trying to do UCB stuff back then. And um, he sat me down at one point and he's like, this doesn't feel safe to me. He's like, are you sure you don't want something that has like a pension and insurance and all this stuff? And I was like, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think I got to go for it. And that's a big part of what I, I write about in my book is, is that, uh, you know, I, I didn't come from a family of artists. I didn't come from a neighborhood where I knew any artists. And I think it was just weird to him. And I think one of the things that I didn't even realize about my own, um, life is that I think I really kind of took his work ethic and applied it to what I do. That Once he had that conversation with me, I realized if I want him to feel um, anything but nervous about me, I need to make sure I work as hard as he did at his real job as I do at this fantasy that I'm chasing. So I knew he'll respect it if I put in the work and if I, if my work ethic – Reflects his. If if trying to be an artist just means that I want to like stay out all night and sleep in all day, that's not going to fly. But if I if I show him that his work ethic can apply to this, I think he'll actually be really proud of me, and that's turned out to be true. We've actually had some weirdly emotional conversations over the years. Have you have you thought about maybe just sending him a picture of you in a in a nice recliner, and then so he can? That's what I'm. That's the phase of my life my I'm starting to enter. He's made it. Yeah, someday we did. We had one really trippy conversation because we didn't really we never we're not the most emotional with each other we're very close but not very emotional and we didn't talk much about my career he's become kind of my biggest fan like he always made a point of uh he'd he'd travel to new york and once a season when we were on cable he'd come hang out at the taping of the gethard show and um he's become my biggest fan I, i remember when he when my parents moved out of new jersey uh, you know, they hired movers and everything, but there were just uh, – there's like one van left of stuff and he asked me, can you come out from New York and help me pack this van in a, just so I don't have to hire movers again? And I was like, yeah, of course. And we spent the whole day loading up the last of the stuff into this van. Nobody else was there. My mom was already in upstate New York where they moved to. And then before we drove upstate, which is, you know, like a five-hour, six-hour drive from where we were and we'd been moving all day, we went and got dinner and we were both just kind of exhausted and I wasn't talking much. And my dad just looks at me and goes, you know, I'm really jealous of you. And I was like, what? And he goes, you've never one time taken money for something you don't believe in. I'm really jealous of that. And that blew me away. And I was like, well, I'm really jealous of you. And he's like, why would you be jealous of me? And I'm like, because I look back and realize that you had a mortgage and two kids and you were 27 years old. And you made it work. And there were a lot of stretches of my childhood where things I think were probably dicey 
and you never ever even let on to that. Like I never knew that we had it as things were as tight as they were until they weren't. I never even knew that you held it together and you were a kid. Like I'm old enough now to know that at 27 years old to have two kids and a mortgage and no money was terrifying and you pulled it off. And it was a, it was a trippy conversation. What did your dad do? He worked in the pharmaceutical industry. That's a really big industry in New Jersey. And, uh, he started out, he's, he's, he's a really, really smart guy. He's got a PhD now in, in environmental science. And he, uh, just kind of wound up working his way up through the chain of command and not working on pharmaceuticals directly, which I think I feel good about at this point in life. Like he was working. Do you think that. that's what he was alluding to when he's like, you haven't taken money for something you don't well, believe in? Do you think I, he feels a little bit I don't weird know. about that? I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he, he, worked, he worked on the more innocuous products. Um, I, I say it in the book, so I guess I can say he worked at Pfizer, which I think a lot of people have come to regard as a little bit of an evil corporation. <laughs> sure. And uh, I don't think he worked in the particularly evil stretches of it. But I, I, I don't know if that's exactly what he was referring to. But I would imagine he might be conflicted that he spent so many years there. And then it's a company that people are like, whoa, wait. I think Pfizer was the, uh, the original manufacturer of the uh, migraine pill that I take. Really? So they're good with me forever. Yeah. They could – they could like uh, 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 they could drop dr- they could airlift dragons to the third world, and, be- <laughs> I, think and every- I would be I think like everybody would love that. And yeah. I would be like we're hurting people, and I would be they like would be helpful dragons, right? Thank you for inventing a pill that makes my headache go oh, away. Absolutely. I'd be like, I've, I don't, I'm not nuts about the dragons, but we all got to make choices. Something's got to support other things. Yeah, I'm sure you're fly, making a lot of dragon fly money. something to the third world, you know? <laughs> Might as well be a dragon. They invented Viagra, too, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Sure. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people are A lot of people get boners from taking that pill. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's, how, that's actually how my parents made money, finally, because all the employees there used to get stock options. And every, I think everybody, from what I remember as a kid, I think everybody was like, just give us bonuses. Give us real bonuses. And then uh, I thought when you started the word bonus, you were going to say boners. Give us boners, yeah. yeah. Just, then, give just give us boners. But Viagra came we're out. so soft. <laughs> Viagra came out. Everybody cashed in. Everybody yeah. was like, oh, we'll turn in these stock options now. And some of these guys were like forklift operators that were like, what are stock options? And then they had 40 years worth. And all of a sudden, they became millionaires. Hmm. And my last name spells Gethard. And that's how my family made money. <laughs> It's a really beautiful story, Chris. Thanks we'll be so back much. in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, every Jordan Jesse Go is brought to you by all the Max Fund members who go to maximumfund.org slash donate and uh, sign up. To kick a little bit of dough our way and to the other Max Fun shows to which they listen. We're also this week brought to you by our friends at RX Bar, a whole food protein bar made from 100% whole ingredients. The core ingredients do all the talking, Jordan. It's simply like eating one, two, three egg whites. I'm an egg. I'm talking. One, two, dates. I'm a date. I'm also talking. One, two, three, four, five, six, almonds. Lemon almonds. I talk too. That's a classic Obama snack, Jordan. <laughs> six almonds. Oh, sure. Uh, RX bars come in 14 delicious flavor varieties. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, artificial flavors, preservatives, or 
fillers. Uh, these things are great. I I love them. I I uh, I have a lot of RX bars around the house myself. I put I, I keep some in my glove box, keep some in my gym yeah. bag in case I need a little snack that's not going to make me feel all gross. Yeah, I like to bring them up to Poppy Lake when I'm up at the cabin. Hey, there you go. You're headed up to Poppy Lake. You need something you can keep. You can keep is going to stay clean in your little in your little knapsack. Hey, these things are great, and we can get you 25 percent off your first order. Go to rxbar.com/jjgo and you enter promo code JJGO at checkout, 25% off, rxbar.com slash JJGO, promo code JJGO at checkout. And if they're like, if they give you shit or for it or whatever, just be like, no, I know Jesse and Jordan. Yeah. Like, I'm cool with them. Send me those bars. They said they have the hookups. Yeah, send the bars. We're also brought to you by our friends at Zip Recruiter. You know what's not smart, Jordan? The way hiring used to be. So dumb. Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Now there's a smarter way at ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. They got powerful matching technology. They find the right people for you and actively invite them to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. That rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. Holy shit, that's a lot of reviews. So many! Right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. Jordan, we got something up on the Jumbotron this week, too. We sure do. This is an interesting Jumbotron. Uh, not, not something we've had before. I've got mixed feelings about it. <laughs> let's 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 throw her out there. Okay. See what happens. This is from Eric in Providence, and I think what happened with Eric in Providence is that he called in a momentous occasion. Uh, Brian did not choose it for air. No, or, he screens them for quality. He screens them, and uh, and you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was banking it or something. Sometimes we have yeah. themed. Could have been, you know. But who knows? I don't. I don't know the reason that the momentous occasion did not make it on air, but it didn't. And so he has paid for a Jumbotron for us to read his momentous occasion on air. Yeah, I mean, this is a strange decision on his part, but we're grateful that he cares. Absolutely. So so here we go. The the bought and paid for uh, momentous occasion from Eric in Providence. My Jeff, puppy you... Spud took a poop that came out in multiple turds all attached to a hair. It looked like sausage links. He saw this and then began chasing it like he chases his tail. It stayed on for a while until he spun too fast and it flew off. It was awesome. Stuff it, Sunny D. You can't screen my momentous occasions anymore. I beat the system. Ha 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 ha. Maybe I mean, Brian knew that I don't like I don't like Dookie stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's pretty solid. Brian, if you can find it, let us know. We'll play it on the show. That's pretty funny. Hey, Jordan. Yes. We got a live appearance coming up here in uh, Southern California. Oh, boy, and this is an exciting one. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be really fun. We're going to be a part of the Vulture Fest, uh, the Vulture um, it's, it's, he's like a nemesis of Spider-Man. No, no, no. no. That's the Dr. Octopus <laughs> Festival. Okay. Uh, that's next month. And then after that's that the one is... with Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. We're opening for them. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, – we're going to be part of the Vulture Fest comedy podcast trivia show. 
Uh, that's at the Roosevelt Hotel in West Hollywood, Sunday, November 18th, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, we're going to be trivia-ing against some other popular podcast hosts. Yeah, uh, including past guests of this program, uh, Naomi Ekberrigan and Andy Beckerman. And uh, from the Glowing Up podcast, uh, Carolyn Goldfarb and Esther Pavitsky. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be really fun. You go to VultureFestival.com to get those tickets. Uh, that's Sunday, November 18th, 7 to 8 p.m. at the Roosevelt, Roosevelt Hotel in West Hollywood. Uh, VultureFestival.com. Uh, you know what? Your ticket includes access to a pool party and a drink ticket. What, really? Yeah. Get it! Why, come on, come to this thing! I know! Access to a pool party? I know! Okay. Talk G- about a glow up. Yeah, glow up, get a ticket, and hey, uh, you can chill with us poolside. You've always wanted to chill poolside with us. Um, I want to mention one thing, too, which is, uh, as a lot of Jordan Jesse Go listeners know, I have a vintage store at PutThisOnShop.com. And it's the holiday season right now, uh, and you will find a perfect gift there for someone. I made a code called FRIENDS that will get almost everything in the store shipped to you for free. So you can take a look around and put this on shop.com. I bet you will find something you like. Okay, shall we get back to the show? Yes. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Chris Gethard, a.k.a. Megahead. <laughs> cool. That was my childhood nickname they talked to me with. <laughs> Megahead? Megahead, because my forehead's... Like, I know it. I am losing my hair. I can recognize that, mm-hmm. but it's not as bad as you think. Like, the hairline's always been pretty bad. Sure. It's the it's the head's a little mega. It's a little bit of a mega head. It's a little bit of a mega head. My children have mega heads. Really? Uh, yeah, I have. I have to the extent that I have a mega head. It's <clears throat> mostly about losing my hair. Yeah. Uh, but my wife comes from a long line of very beautiful people with very enormous heads. Okay. And giant foreheads. <laughs> uh, but like we're talking about like models and stuff. Not, yeah. I mean, not like catwalk models, but like catalog models at least. Okay. People who get jobs where you have to be good looking, like high class nanny or uh-huh. or uh-huh. like um or like uh wealth management company <laughs> assistant. You know what I mean? These jobs where you have to be real yeah. good looking. Yeah. But all of my children, until the third one, because we knew the drill so well, when when they did the early tests you know they'll measure their heads is one of the things you know but along with checking to see if they have uh uh what's that called when you turn yellow jaundice jaundice i if they're that jaundiced yeah like they, they check for those different things right and uh all of them have had to go to the special uh baby neurologist uh just because they have giant heads that's wow. the only reason they're like this head is very giant so I'm going to send you to the neurologist. Uh-huh. Uh, and like the first time we went and the neurologist measured all our heads and they were like, uh, yeah, you're fine. Uh, you guys have giant heads. <laughs> and then genetic. the second time we went and we just told the neurologist that. And then the third time we told the primary care physician, look, we've been through this twice. It's just a family of giant headed people. Right, right. 
I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, it was just an easy thing for people to pick on as a kid, so I'm still insecure about it. As a, as a vi- you... video game person, you'll appreciate that when Turbo Graphics 16 came out. Oh, I know, you know where what this my is nickname going. was. Sure, you that's know, right. Keith Courage in the Alpha Zone. <laughs> bonk. Bonk's adventure. It was bonk. It was bonk. Mm. They used to call me Bonk. I'm sorry they called you Bonk. Did you... I would never call you Bonk. But you did laugh at it. If I, there was a kid in your neighborhood, you did have an instinctive giggle of like, oh, the big-headed kid in the neighborhood got called Bonk. It yeah, made you giggle. It is. It's fun. I can I can envision you uh, furious eating a giant kind of Flintstones piece of meat <laughs> and then uh, your head turning into a volcano. And it's a fun image. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I guess the main hey, problem with it is- I know is... you're going to be- Yeah. Listeners, I know you're going to be tempted to Photoshop Chris's face Why onto Why are you Bonk. doing this to me? But don't. Why Chris are you doing this to me? Chris doesn't want you to Photoshop his you're face onto Bonk. You're telling the internet not to do to something. Tell him and to, and to, you're going to want to show it to him at Chris Gethard on I'm Twitter. smart enough to yeah. know what you're doing Just right don't now. do it. Yeah, it's probably not worth it. No, you He doesn't think you can. Yeah, he thinks you're lame and you have bad Photoshop <laughs> skills. He thinks you don't even know who Bonk is. I'll go ahead and say <laughs> that I get the bit, and if you want to do it, do it. But I'll warn you no, now, no. it will slightly hurt my feelings in a genuine way don't do it send me i i i will i listen i have a i guess i don't have a big head but i got a big face i'm a big faced man i'll take the bullet photoshop my face onto bonk send it to chris gethard it's not as funny as this forehead well i get it go for broke (laughs) i'll laugh at it on my good days and then when i'm depressed i'll take it very seriously It's a fine line, ain't it? Yeah. I just want to, what I kind of want to see mm. is just some cool art of Sonic the Hedgehog and Bonk mm. in prayer yeah. together. <laughs> right. Yes. Both coming to Jesus. <laughs> Maybe Bonk could be pregnant. Because Bonk, Bonk was the Mario or Sonic of Turbo Graphics, right? Yeah. It was the think, flagship character. I don't think he ever took off in the same way, but I do think that was the that was the goal with right. Bonk. Because Turbo Graphics their... in general didn't take off in it's the same true. way. Can I make a request? I just want to have one addition to the art that I requested. Mm-hmm. Could you get a few clacks in there? Get some clacks. Just hey, get and a how couple about the ha- of clacks. How about the hacky set guy from California Games? <laughs> Classic video game characters that we all know. Uh, Chris, are you still doing mixed martial arts? I started up again. It's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, though. I don't do the punching and kicking, just the wrestling and submission holds. I think I'm going to enter a tournament soon. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they have a th- over 30 division. Wow. So I think I'm going to enter the old man division. Turn it into a real Blanco over here. Oh, yeah. I like it. I'm very bad at it, but I like it a lot. Uh, have you? Do you ever win? You, you must fight guys that are about your size, right? Sometimes, well, it's rare. Usually they are uh, bigger than me or younger than me or both. And that's, you know, if somebody's my size and 24 years old, I'm 38, they got the advantage. Um, so it's rare for me to fight someone my age and my size. So that's part of why I'm excited for this tournament. See what it's like. Fight the other people who are pushing 40, weigh 145 pounds. What's the plan? Just go for the nuts? No, that's illegal. I would get disqualified immediately. Where are you going for then? Knees? Elbows? It's illegal if they see it. I've been training at a gym that does a lot of leg locks. Ah, Talking cool. knee bars, heel hooks, Lock toe holds. Legs. Oh, you get tangled up in the legs. Mm-hmm. That's what a guy my size can do. Yeah, jam them in the jumpers. That's what you oh, do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just jamming those jumpers. Oh, yeah. yeah they do jump jams? Oh, a lot of jump jams. That's one of the first techniques <laughs> they teach jams, you. The jump jams. jams. Yeah, they play jock jams and right. teach you jump jams. Yeah. I mean, it must have been. Imagine what it would be like to be in the room with... The Gracie family, 
when they invented jump jams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, the gym I originally trained at and still train at quite often is Henzo Gracie. He's the grand, grandson of the person who founded Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, I've, I've taken classes from five or six members of the Gracie family. And they, they teach you those jump jams? Tons of jump jams, yeah. And a, weirdly, a lot of breakdancing moves, too. <laughs> a lot of breakdancing moves yeah. just get incorporated. Yeah. Well, that helps, any... that helps when they put on the jock jam. Yeah, oh, I was about to say, oh, they yeah. teach you any jock yeah. jams. Yeah. Maybe it's we weird. will rock you. Or It's it's a little tough, though, because when I go to sporting events, I instinctively want to fight the people around me because mm-hmm. right. they throw on those arena songs. Yeah. And my inst- that's You're like, like, I am ready for this. Yeah, it's like a Pavlovian instinct. I want to fight. Yeah, you trained with the Gracies, and I trained with Naughty by Nature. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, when something momentous happens to you, like you win the jiu-jitsu championship okay. over 30, mm-hmm. New York and New Jersey division. They call it the master's division, which mm. sounds like you've oh. mastered it. No, it just means you're you're older than the majority of the competitors. If you win, do you get a blazer? You get a, a medal. Oh, okay. I wish I got a blazer. <laughs> I'm, I'm part of a swim team that is called a master's program, and everyone always goes, ooh, Wait, when is I say true? that. It is true, you're yeah. You're part of a swim team. Yeah. You don't run into that so often. No, you don't. It's like a recreational swim team? Yeah. And do you go and have meets against other swim teams? We do have meets against other swim teams. You do this for real. I do this for real. I want to reiterate. I, so is that weird? We've talked about this a lot on the show. I did not know that you have meets. Yeah. I thought meets. it was a swim team in name only. What's Sweet. Which is the, why I won't vote for it in the Republican <laughs> primary. <laughs> what's, your, what's your event? Uh, oh, I, so I don't, I'm, I don't do good with distances, so I'll do the, like, I'll do a 50 free or a relay. Okay. Yeah. A relay? A relay. So you dive over the other person as they come back? Mm-hmm. It's fun. I didn't know this was a thing Sometimes that- Sometimes you high-five them in the air. I didn't know this was this a thing that grown-ups got together and did on their own. Why is it weirder than jujitsu to you? It's not. It's <laughs> just, uh- Yes, it is. I feel uh, like jujitsu at least is a fad. But okay. since the explosion of UFC, I feel like a swim team, is, is this something you did growing up? Uh, it is, yeah. So yeah. I, I swam uh, as a kid and I a get, little bit in high school. I have a friend who joined a track team because oh. I ran track in oh, high Oh, interesting. And I was like, that they just have grown-up track leagues? And he's like, yeah. I'm in a Taibo league. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another martial arts fad. I learned from Billy Blank's yeah. grandson. I wonder if there's people still so hanging on to that. You just like, but you Planks just like, family. I mean, you got into it not, you know, for love of martial arts or for self-defense reasons. You just like singlets were that fall below the nipple. <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> I just wanted to make it to the Crystal Light National Aerobics Championship. Uh, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Crystal Light, grapefruit punch. Grapefruit punch. Sweaty and hot. I'm coming. We have I, we have calls. Uh, yes, I do. I love that song. It's a great song. Every every piece of music in every Crystal Light Aerobics Championship <laughs> is fantastic. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, what Alan you, Thick wrote that one. What do you wear when you jujitsu? Well, I've taken back in the day when I first did it, I wore the gi, the traditional pajama looking outfit. Now I've taken to no gi uh-huh. submission grappling, where you wear shorts and what's called a rash guard, which is a spandex shirt. Cool. Not that cool. It me, is cool. Me in a tight spandex shirt. Not <laughs> yeah. That cool. that one's pretty that cool. cool. You don't get a sunburn. Yeah. It's the exactly nice thing that. about a rash guard. It's the thing you wear on the beach. <laughs> yes, it is. I also wear them on the beach. Sure. Um, but yeah, this no-gi submission grappling has become kind of like a weird underground thing. If you're looking, I mean, could you, if the, if the you know, uh, criteria is just wear something pre- that prevents you from getting a sunburn at the beach, could you yeah. just wear an XXL Green Day t-shirt? <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I think you probably could 
You probably could. Is yeah. the idea that if you're wearing a gi, you can? There's various parts of the gi you can grab onto, and when you're wearing a a rash guard, uh, there's only natural protuberances such as noses, nips, <laughs> nips. I would say that yeah, your your that nips is pretty are, close to the truth. Your, your nips protrude. In I, I, the... No, I have very small inverted nipples. Mm. Notoriously, <laughs> I have dime-sized inverted nipples. Notoriously. This is, this is true. It's a well-known thing about me. <laughs> we actually had second well thoughts thing. about booking you on the show for that reason. It is true. true. We had, on the Gethard John Public Access, we had a uh, dominatrix come in for one episode, which is not that surprising if you know the show. No. And she put nipple clamps on me and she was mad because she's like, your nipples are so small. Right. And I can't get the clamps on. Do you think that was just part of the humiliation, though? Do you think that was an actual concern? No, or she, she was genuinely like, frustrated. Okay. <laughs> was, they kept slipping off. She couldn't get them on. It was bad. I didn't think it was in keeping with the character when she started calling you bonk. Yeah, it was. That was part of the humiliation. Like, that's humiliating, but it doesn't seem like it's of a piece with the outfit and the, the whip and the whole, no, you know, all that and stuff. And she's yelling at you, you'll never be as big as Sonic. <laughs> yeah. You'll never be as popular. You're, not, you're not even Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. There's not really much of a cathartic or sexual release to being called bonk. <laughs> the same way. Did he break rocks with his head, maybe? Yeah, break rocks, dinos. What was the guy's name from Adventure Island? Remember that game, Adventure Island? I do. Yeah, I don't know that that guy had a name. Yeah, I'm sure he had a name. Um, I don't know what it is, though. It was like a Mario ripoff, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. Kind of an Mm island-themed. He had a little skateboard. Yeah, he did. That was fun. Aloha. Yeah, sure. Sounds fun. Ate a lot of spam. Ate a lot of spam. (laughs) I I could go for a spam, what's that called, a musubi? No, I don't know. That Hawaiian, uh, Hawaiian rice roll, like a sort of like a sushi. You it's know got a some lot of things. Spam in the middle. I've always yeah. thought this about you. You just know a lot of things. Yeah, I probably just bring up the things I know too much. Uh, that could be. Too <laughs> I know a regular amount of things, but I talk about them too much. Um, well, when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us two zero six nine eight four four fun, or just email us a voice memo. By the way, remember that call that was recorded in a Zamboni? Mm-hmm. Apparently, he did it on his hands-free system in his car. Mm. Don't call while you're driving. Yeah. That's dangerous. I disagree. I think you should call while you're driving. Really? No. Okay. I just thought we could have a little good cop, bad cop thing. Oh, got it. Sorry, I messed it up. It's okay. But I realized I was encouraging people to be unsafe, and I I, I felt bad about it. I'm willing to defer to you. I mean, that's how deep my aversion to conflict goes. (laughs) You're like, yeah, crash your car. I think if you're going to call while you're driving, you should only do it if you close your eyes. Yeah, sure. And just start jerking the wheel around. Driving, closed eyes. That's the time to call. Yeah. 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 But only on a hands-free. It's illegal to hold a cell phone inside a car. You're going to get arrested. Close your eyes. Focus up. Focus up. Call the number and put your faith in Blanca. (laughs) Let's take our first call. Uh, Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Kyle calling from Tennessee. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I was listening to your show last week. Well... Um, a show from a couple weeks ago, and uh, I don't remember in what context, but you mentioned rollerblading, and I thought to myself, hey, I I wish I had learned how to do that. That seems like a lot of fun, thinking I'd kind of missed my window, but then I thought, no, it's never too late. I'm going to teach myself. So I bought some rollerblades and some protective gear, um, but that protective gear doesn't cover everything, and I'm 90% certain I just broke my ass bone. So, um, thanks. I like the show. Yeah. I think he's talking about his coccyx. 
coccyx. I think it's the coccyx. Yeah, let's not miss an opportunity to say that. Let's all let's all say coccyx. Yeah. Coccyx. Nikki did it at Lake Titicaca. <laughs> What's the name of that guy that uh, drives a rowing boat? A coxswain. Coxswain, sure. A coxswain. Coxswain. Do they pronounce it coxswain or coxswain? I don't know. I think I've only seen it written coxswain. in all those rowing books. Coxswain that I read. seems more. I don't know. You might be right. Yeah. Is it, what is it's the name of that? Right. What's the name of that subway station in uh, London that's called like Horse Cox? Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Well, we've had a lot of fun listing <laughs> <laughs> words, saying them. That have you ever have you ever broken a bone uh, uh, doing your special wrestling? No, I, the only bone I've, I've broken was actually wrestling my brother in fourth grade. We used to like pro wrestling. We were um, on our front lawn impersonating our favorite wrestlers, and I broke my collarbone. Who were you impersonating? Oh, wow. Sting. At the time, Sting. Sure. Sting. Sort of like, a, like a WCW. Yeah. Okay. We, we were a little more elevated. We liked the less cartoonish, more grown-up right. wares of the National Wrestling Alliance. Mm-hmm. I love wrestling. You still Are you still a wrestling guy? It's funny because I still consider myself a fan, but I, I just don't have the time to watch Raw and SmackDown and keep up with that many hours. But I'll watch NXT, and I have the WWE Network, and I go back and watch... All the old stuff. And there's a show I'm actually obsessed with. There's a show I'm obsessed with on the WWE Network called Legends of Wrestling. And they made it, I believe they made it for the internet before the WWE Network existed. But they're all on there. And it's they'll have four or five of the old guys from like the 70s who sit around and talk about the old days. Sure, like Gorgeous George. It's No, he's, he... he's like the 50s. Okay. I'm talking like Pat Patterson, Michael P.S. Hayes, um like that or jj dylan will be on there and and it's it's really great dusty Rhodes is on a lot of them. it's great because when you get these guys together they forget that this is like a real fucked up carny world <laughs> and they start telling these stories and forget that the camera's on and they're really dark and strange and it's great <laughs> it's great you have a favorite example chris yeah there's one where dusty Rhodes talks about the first time that he met rowdy roddy piper and he says that I believe it was him and uh, Dick the Bruiser, if I remember right, hmm. where they were uh, on the road and Ric Flair was on the same card as them. And Ric Flair was complaining because he had hemorrhoids. He said he had a real bad hemorrhoid. And he revealed that a hemorrhoid was hanging out of his asshole. My gosh. And Dusty Rhodes, he was like, I got to go to the doctor. And Dusty Rhodes was like, nah, screw that. I'll fix it. So Dusty Rhodes put on a rubber glove, put Vaseline <laughs> on his finger. Ric Flair got up on a table on all fours, and Dusty Rhodes was folding the hemorrhoid back into his asshole. Oh, my God. And then Rowdy Roddy Piper walked into the room, and Dusty Rhodes was like, oh, hey, young blood, I heard good things about you. There's your good work, a young kid. And that's how he met Rowdy Piper. And these guys are just sitting there, and they're all giggling. And it's like, these are not stories I'm supposed to know. Sure, these yeah, are the, these This are, is the reason you, you guys take keep this, Take it to your grave. Yeah, there's things wrestlers do that I don't want to know about. <laughs> It's all stories like that. Oh, my gosh. It's great. It's great. Uh, let's take another call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, most incredible guest I've ever heard. This is Brandon from Iowa. Uh, it's a little long, so I'll try to go fast. But my five-year-old started kindergarten this year, and we just went to her first conferences. And she scored over, well, about three times better than the benchmarks for reading and math. Her teacher said she's never seen a five-year-old who could do long division and they're going to Can keep you her pause straight on this, through. Brian? Dude, 
I think this guy just called in to brag about his parent-teacher conference. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were bragging about your giant-headed kids. <laughs> so, you know, good for the goose. Sometimes I worry they're going to fall, like they're going to become unbalanced. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? It was a concern for me. <laughs> we actually, equilibrium issues. On the, this is set, on the Gethard show, we did a bit where I was going to be flown around on a harness. And they have to balance that. So they put the harness on you and they float you about a foot over the ground and they just get it right. And no matter how they tried to balance it, I kept tilting forward and my head would just hit the ground. <laughs> mm, There's nothing they could do to fix it. Classic bonk. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Did you ever think that as in your capacity as Megahead, you were in a way rivals to celebrated hip-hop groupie Superhead? I've never considered it. Something to think about. I don't think we're competing in too many direct ways. <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you ever tried to suck off Red Man? I can't say that I have. Yeah, they probably not. Yeah. 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 Only met a couple rappers in my day. Yeah. But I don't think in the same capacity. Do we listen to the rest of this call? This, this yeah, I guess br- probably. Brian wouldn't have picked it if he didn't have something else oh. to say besides well, just how great his kid so, did. In but the... you're so mad he's proud of his kid. That seems nice to me. It's nice that he's proud of his kid, but he doesn't have to tell me about it. Wow. I got to go to I got to go to these conferences too and maybe they're not working out as well for me. <laughs> I will say there's a real level of anger that's entered this booth that. Yeah. I've never Jesse, are your children before. having problems with long division? You can, can I, save space. If can your I tell you are having problems with long division? Can I tell you something that uh, a conversation I had with my wife yesterday? Mm-hmm. I said to her, I take my my 4-year-old son who's about to turn 5. I take him to pre-kindergarten every day. Mm-hmm. It's like a new school. He's just started this year. It's like, it's lovely. It's a wonderful place. And and I, I, I'm the one that drops him off. So I bring him into the class. And I said to my wife, like, I get so upset in the morning because I can't tell who's saying hi to me because I know them. Like, I should know who they are because I've met them. Who's saying hi to me because... They say hi to everyone because they work there. They're like a teacher or a playground attendant or something like that. And who's saying hi to me just out of a general sense that you should say hi to everyone in the school because it's like a school community or whatever. I'm like, I can't pick these apart. It's making me crazy. And my wife looked at me and she just said, well, you could just say hi back. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Like you don't have to. And then we zoom into your eyes and you're seeing the universe. <laughs> exactly. The big bang. Just say hi back. Just wave. Say 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 good morning. Yeah, it's pretty. That seems pretty hot enough morning. for you. Yeah. You don't have to. Sure. Okay. Go ahead and press play, Brian. Between a five-year-old who could do long division, and they're going to skip her straight on through to second grade, which was super exciting. So I want to do something special for. Um, and we have this place here called Sky Zone which we walked in and the place is wall to wall. I mean, up the walls, the entire floor, everywhere is trampolines and there's basketball and human bowling and some gymnastic stuff. And it's all just trampolines. My daughter looked at me and she got these big watery eyes and she said, I heard about this place, but I didn't think it was real. <laughs> she said, I love you so much, Daddy. <laughs> and then we had, like, the best day ever. So, pretty momentous occasion. Uh, you know, just making children's dreams come true. And uh, she listens to this, too. We listen in the car. So, love you, Ashlyn. Should be excited. 
All right. Thanks, guys. Love you. Keep doing what you do. Okay, so first of all, she shouldn't listen to this. Yeah. Why is she listening to this? How is she going to feel about the part where you pause the message to yell about her being <laughs> bragged about? <laughs> and we're not con- didn't even congratulate her for doing such a good job on long division. So it's can, a hard division. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So I've never been to a trampoline. Is it about what human bowling is? Because I do not know. <laughs> yes! It's all I want to know. Okay, yeah. so human he said bowling. it as though... As though you would expect. It was in a list of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, we were at the fun center. There was go-karts. Like, that kind of list. Mm-hmm. What like, salad dressings do you have? Oh, blue cheese, ranch, balsamic. Yeah. And it really sounds like something from the court of Louis Couture. Sure. Like, Louis Fourteenth is like, <laughs> bring, me, bring me the Turks. I wish to do my human bowling. Like, that is terrifying. Yeah. Do you think you I'm, get launched towards the pins or a ball gets launched towards you and your friends? That's what I pictured. I pictured a 10 humans uh-huh. standing like bowling pins and just kind of waiting for something to hit them. But neither one of those sounds fun. <laughs> sounds trampoline based. That's true. Yeah. But what How are you propelled horizontally? Yeah. I imagined somebody like running up doing a jump onto a trampoline wall that bounces them backwards head first into a group of people. How does everyone not die? Well, that's my question. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? All I have to say about it is good morning. I can't wait to look up human bowling. Yeah. Sky's own human bowling. Sky's own. Hu- yeah. I mean, do we get, do we get what's the day here? Minnesota in here? That sounds right. I think Chicago. Okay. I think I've driven past Sky's own. Yeah, it sounds like it's a maybe it's a chain. Winnipeg? <laughs> sure, who knows. Yeah. Um yeah, hum- yeah, if you if you're a human bowling enthusiast, enthusiast, get at us on Twitter. Let us know what human bowling is. I uh, listen to a lot of a baseball podcast mm-hmm. called the Effect uh, called Effectively Wild and uh maybe a year and a half ago a couple baseball players in a row got injured like significant like you know their their uh, their livelihoods were affected by injuries that they got on giant trampolines, <laughs> and I can't uh, I can't look at a giant trampoline without thinking about these baseball players and their lives gone awry mm-hmm. because they chose to jump on them. Now, to me, a giant trampoline seems – you might as well close your eyes driving on the freeway. That's how dangerous a giant trampoline seems to Every me. time I see one, I just look at that metal edge. Yeah. That's all I can see. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if your ankle – it's a good way to roll an ankle. Yeah. To be fair, I'm not fun. <laughs> I'm not fun in any way. You seem fun. I'm not fun. My wife is very fun, and then I make things less fun. I recently realized that. My wife makes every situation more fun, and I think I genuinely make most situations like a third she less fun. Plan, plan a lot of get-togethers? No, like, like for example, like we visited my parents in Florida. They spend some time every year in Florida, and we drove past one of these like janky like road. Like You know how Florida will have like one of these weird amusement parks just on the side of a highway? Yeah. And I don't know that, but it tracks. Yeah, you see them there, and, and I always drive by, and I'm like, that seems dangerous. And my wife was like, pull over. I'm going on some of that side. And her and her friend like went on some of these rides where I was like, these don't seem like they're up to code. <laughs> I'm like, this is not – I'm not fun. I She's am so – freewheeling. I'm so not fun. I, we took my son – for his fifth birthday to Legoland in Carlsbad, California. That sounds good. It's fine. Yeah, it's perfectly nice. Uh, and I went on. I got. I 
my daughter was like, I'm going to go. I want to go on this ride. Who wants to go with me? And I said, I'll go on that ride with you. And I got in line and realized it was a roller coaster. Oh, boy. Now, I want to be clear. Legoland is designed for children ages 2 to 12. Yeah. But as soon as I <laughs> Everybody got... else, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a part on the website where it says, will my teenager enjoy Legoland? Mm-hmm. And they say, it depends on their level of passion for Lego brand building blocks. Mm, sure. So... They're one of those Duplo teens. Uh, yeah. Have a good <laughs> so I, I'm in line, and I'm already in line when I realize that it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Number one, my daughter is excited about this. She's seven. Yeah. Number two, I'm an adult man. I've done many things that were scary to me or difficult for me. This isn't actually dangerous. There's no problem here. You know what I mean? Uh I can just do this. You know, it's like there was a brief period where I got nervous on airplane flights. And then I was like, no. I'm not going to do that. I've been on lots of airplanes. It's always fine. If I notice myself getting worried, I'll just be like, come on, give me a break, self. This isn't anything. Have a, have a seltzer. Yeah. So I, I decided to take that approach to this uh, this uh, whirly gig. What's it called? Roller coaster. Roller coaster. You had a seltzer? Yeah, I just had myself a seltzer. They, luckily, there was a seltzer girl going around with a Convenient. tray full of seltzers. So, Convenient. Um. I also bought a pack of Lucky Strikes from her. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just was like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about this. Like this is I'm just this is a children's roller coaster. It's gonna be fine. I got on the roller coaster with my daughter. This roller coaster I would estimate generously at 35 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, but certainly not more than that. I don't think I've ever hated anything more in my <laughs> entire life. I hated it so much. I like I was on it and I was thinking I hope this ends before I start crying. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was like an actual thought that occurred to me in my head. Here's how not fun I am. I've just been fucking thinking about a spam commercial for weeks. Not actually <laughs> buying, just buying the spam and making it. It's right. It's easy. Get yourself a nice spam. Just sitting around thinking about spam, but not actually doing anything about it. Sometimes, if it. you stop by like a Hawaiian or a Filipino restaurant, you can just buy a spam masubi right there at the counter, wrapped sure. up in uh, wrapped up in saran wrap, and chomp on that. Ooh. It's great. It's a great snack on the go. A masubi. Yeah, just get yourself a Masubi. If something momentous happens to you, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. Or just hit us with a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it all starts with I'm awakened by children and I've <laughs> never... I, there are children in my house. They're waking me up. And, like, the coffee doesn't even work anymore. Oh, I know. I've been drinking so much coffee for so many years straight now. It doesn't do anything. Like, I, it just only d- makes sure I don't get a headache, probably. <laughs> More medicinal yeah. now. Yeah. Than, like, like yeah, I have I'll... to just drink it so that I don't probably get a headache. <laughs> 
So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about butts. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I, I was, was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And hi, this is Chris Gethard, a.k.a. Head Headley. Oh, that's fun. That was another one. It was another one from the youth. You know what? Head Headley. It was more of a that's... high school era one. Head Headley. Yeah, there's a, that's a little more sophisticated. Yeah, than yeah. I, like, I was old enough to enjoy that one. <laughs> You're <laughs> you like, all right, bullies. Right? I was like, that's pretty that's good. That's pretty good. That was more my friends razzing me, yeah. that one. I mean, Chris, let's take a look at the facts here. Mm-hmm. Number one, a handsome man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that, but thank you. Number two, you've, you've got a fun wife. Oh, incredible wife. Yeah. Incredible wife. Big, that is a big bone. That's, that's a good check mark in the positives column. Number three. I think we can project. Current projections suggest. I just looked at 538.com. Okay. Current projections suggest that your dad loves you. Well, Nate Silver really has messed up sort of famously in the past. <laughs> no, my dad is the best. Yeah, my, I, know, I know for a fact my dad loves me. He just won't sign off on it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number four, you're a success in show business, Chris. There's no doubt about it. You've had television programs, television specials, successful books. You have uh, two comic memoirs, one of which is going to help a lot of people. Yeah, It's weird. It's funny because I recognize all that. But I, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where the more things I do, the more I realize that accomplishments don't solve your insecurities and your problems, you know? I still feel them. Although I can admit now that I am a success. I'm no longer like the... the uh, I realized that it was a little disrespectful for me to keep uh, pushing the idea that I am an underdog. I had to move on from that. Jason Manzoukas pulled me aside and was like, this underdog thing. Hmm. People, yeah, I'm an HBO special. <laughs> You're not an underdog. Focus on straight talk from Manzoukas. Oh, Zooks gives it to me. Manzoukas Man, like... gives it to me. Yes. Let's, let's focus on what's important. Wearing the same clothes every day. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And really cultivating the perfect crazy eyes take. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. Yes. And, um, and just a real aggressive style of yelling. <laughs> it's a really aggressive yelling. In Man, I just, comedy. I just a couple, a few weeks ago, watched the... Uh, now legendary episode of your television program, The Chris Gethard Show, where Mantzoukas and Shear and you 
there is a dumpster on stage with something inside it. Yeah. And the theme of the episode is trying them trying to guess what is inside the dumpster. Thank you for watching. I'm proud of that one. Don't spo- I would say don't spoil it. I'm not it. spoiling it. I think it. if you're out no, there listening, No, because I genuinely this is this is up on you can watch it on uh, your tube. Yeah. And it is it's just one of the most delightful episodes of television you could ever enjoy. Thank you so it much. It is truly magical. I watched it with my wife. My wife doesn't know from Chris Gethard. I mean, she doesn't have a problem with Fair. Chris Gethard. A lot of people don't. Chris Gethard's a lovely guy, and she could she could probably tell once you once you walked on stage and showed some of your ad lib charm. Thank but, you so much. <laughs> but she doesn't. She's not a. She's not a fan. I she's, get this a lot. What is the point of this? Story? <laughs> yeah, where are you going, <laughs> where are you man? Where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah. But she sat down with she's me. Gonna end with you calling him Bach again, because dude, we've been kicking this dude. We've been doing it too she much. She sat down with me, and we yucked it up for oh, a, a, the solid Thank forty you. minutes of television. It was a joy. So Thank I recommend, you. if anybody out there is not sure about, they don't know Chris Gathered from a hole in the ground. Why again? Why? That's a great place to start. Again, many people know you from a hole in the ground. Some but it's a do. great place to start. Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud oh. of it. It's funny because the show got canceled and it, it was definitely time and I'm not upset about it. And it, it was not always a perfect show and it was often – it often missed. It, that was part of the ethos that we were willing to let it be bad sometimes. But I will say that that episode, um, I'm like, I did make that. I did make yeah. – I'll always have that. And uh, you know, Seth Meyers was very nice and said it was the best episode of television he saw that year. And uh, that meant a lot to me. And it's a cult classic. Yep. And uh, I'm proud of it. You're good looking. I don't know. Sexual dynamo. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Great at wrestling. Um, okay, I'm a blue belt. So yeah. It's not. A, it's the second that, worst that, belt. It ain't white. It ain't white. That belt ain't white. It ain't white. Yeah. Not even close. Chris Gathered, it has been a delight to have you on the program. Thank you for coming and joining us. Thank you. It was a real joy. And as I said when we paused briefly, I'm also so sorry if I slowed this down or ruined it for anybody. No, it's no. great. We loved it. Everybody loves Gethard. I had so much fun. Everybody we loves had, Gethard. Just don't fun. hit on my wife. I, I had yeah, fun. No, that was... And again, please feel free to tweet your TurboGrafx 16 themed fan art. Just know that if you go too hard, I see them all. Don't go. The pain is real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just think, stick with pregnant Christian Bonk and we're, there you go. we're, we're fine. totally fine. Our producer is Brian Sonny D. Fernandez. If you hear a dislocated laughing voice, that's his piercing the fourth wall of podcasting. Uh, you can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Call us at 206-984-4FUN. You can join us on Reddit at maximumfun.reddit.com, on Facebook by liking Jordan Jesse Go. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne, at Jordan underscore Morris. And you're just at Chris Gethard, right, Chris? On Twitter, it's Chris Gethard. On Instagram, it's Chris Geth. Yeah, like a little short. It's easier to type. Yeah, trying to keep it hip. Hip you are very cool. hip as well. Oh, thank you so much. You're a real hipster. I yeah. was. You probably have a hi-fi at home. I, I tell you what. Yeah. For listening to jazz albums. We, I mean, we do have a record player at home, but I used to be hip. I'm on the other side of it now, but it's okay. It's all good. Who cares? Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.